Next on BYU Sports Nation, refocusing your fandom. Which sport or team has your allegiance within BYU athletics right now? Maybe it's spring football in year two under Kalani Satake, BYU football alumnus and analyst. Brian Logan joins us as he pledges allegiance to BYU Sports Nation. Plus, BYU basketball on the discount tournament train, according to NYC Buckets, why the NIT might be exactly what the Cougs need and want. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B. Good to be back from Las Vegas. Thanks for welcoming me back, Jason Shepard. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'd like to give a quick shout-out to Scott Morgan, who did a fantastic job cleaning up Big Blue, yes. especially polishing the BYU Sports Nation sticker on the side of that truck. Always keeping it nice and clean. Yeah, well, he made my forehead look extra shiny just a few <laughs> moments ago for those watching on BYU TV. So thank you, Scott Morgan. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I mean, like, I realized that you only got back a couple hours ago, but look at the dedication. Hey, my heart is with BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> As is Ben Bagley <laughs> and anybody else that drove back yesterday and is at work today. What was the uh, the uh, the tunage in the in the vehicle on the way back? Like, did you guys have like a specific like type of music you guys were listening to? We listened to a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I mean we we hit a vast array of music. We went with. Let's see, Brown Eyed Girl. Okay. Um, Going old school with that a little, one. A little Public Enemy. <laughs> oh. You guys are fighting the power, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we had some of that. Uh, some Coldplay, much to the chagrin of uh, Ben Bagley. Yeah, that's yours. Point. That's yours. That's your favorite band, right? That's we listen to. One Republic. Yeah, Coldplay's my jam. They're my jam. Hate on. All oh. you haters, whatever. I will stick with Coldplay forever and ever. Well, welcome back Thank you. to Studio B. It's, it is a glorious place. You know, there's nothing like being in your home, right? Yeah, and you know what it also doesn't have? Mm. A horrible scoreboard behind <laughs> you. <laughs> Reminding us that St. Mary's beat BYU 81-50 to 50 for an entire hour. Good oh, grief. Man. That is a great point you bring up. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. And this, my friends, if you're new to the program, Jason Shepard has a number of titles, including the Colossus of Countdown Clout, right? Yeah, I will. I, I appreciate that. And here's what I like. There is a groundswell, um, a huge uprising of people that want the countdown. <laughs> and so what we decided to do, you know, I like to call myself the Countdown Ninja because you never know when it's coming. Uh, yeah. What we decided to do today, we're not going to be playing any games. We're just going to go right with it. So you know what? Right out of the gate, hit it. Mm. Countdown to the Viking. 171. I will do it with you because there were no games and no <laughs> tricks and none of this hullabaloo <laughs> about the Countdown Ninja. You know what? People need to feel positive about something. And the fact that football is 171 days away from beginning the season. It's something that all BYU fans can rally around. You want to know the real reason I did it with you today at the countdown? Because I feel bad about the fact that you had an unfortunate run-in with a shopping cart last night. Oh, my goodness. My shin is destroyed. (laughs) 
So I'm leaving a certain grocery store last night okay. around nine o'clock. So it's dark, okay? But it's it's light enough that I can see as I'm pushing the cart, and it's and it's one of the mini carts, so it's not a full size, but it's still, you know, it's still a cart. I'm pushing it and and I notice that there's there's kind of some breaks in the concrete moving up ahead. So I I try and like push faster over it to get over it. <laughs> because that's always the right yeah, logic. But here's what happens. The wheel the front part of the cart gets caught in that break in the concrete <laughs> and it boom and it starts to tip and so I'm holding on to the cart trying to like pull it back but the momentum is gone <laughs> and so I literally flip over the shopping cart tell me somebody was watching this somebody had that to be around that is the right? worst part of it the reason I also was going a little faster was there was a car that was trying to turn in, <laughs> and I was trying to beat it, and the car, it happened right in front of that vehicle. Did they stop and like check <laughs> on not. you? Of course not. They and didn't ask you if you're okay? No, 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 no. And like immediately, like I'm wearing my BYU hat, and immediately I'm thinking, I bet you that was a Ute fan in there. <laughs> I bet you that Ute fan in that car is making fun of me right now. <laughs> But my shin is destroyed because it slammed against that yeah, cart you deserve, last night. You deserve a uh, duo <laughs> countdown partnership Thank today you for that. Thank because you. of what you endured. Albeit, don't speed up the next time you see a big hole in the concrete with a shopping cart. Oh, man. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football beginning practice number five of spring football today. We're one day closer. When you have a lot of guys that have game experience, you know, that, that that's the key for us. And they understand how, how it goes. And, and uh, I think for them, perfecting their craft and techniques is going to be important this year. You heard it from the head coach, Kalani Sitake, right now, especially in spring football. It's about perfecting the craft. That's why they work so hard lifting weights in January and February, and then when they get into spring football in March, this is why they're doing this. The details. It doesn't stop. Football is a year-round thing now, and that's not new to fans of the sport. BYU perfecting the craft right now in spring football. Well, and Amy talked about experienced players, but it's also one year in, it's experienced coaches. I mean, these coaches have now gone through things, and now you've got some players who got significant playing time last year that will be put into larger roles this yeah, season. Yeah, let's go. Coaches have had a full year. There's, there's some pretty decent experience heading into uh, this upcoming football season. They just need to figure out how to replace uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, speaking of, Jamal Williams ranked as the 14th best running back and the number 150 player overall in Matt Miller's post-combine rankings. According to Bleacher Report, Williams is a projected Fourth round pick, number 123 overall to the Baltimore Ravens. What is it with the Ravens and BYU guys, even in projections? Can you imagine him going to the Ravens and joining Bronson Kafusi and DeAndre Wesley? Uh, DeAndre Wesley and, and Dennis Pitta? Yeah. It used to be the Eagles where all of the Cougars yeah. went. Yes. Now it's the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Interesting. NIT Bracketology was released yesterday. And despite the lopsided loss to St. Mary's, BYU currently a number three seed hosting Fresno State in what we are calling the Steve Cleveland Classic. (laughs) Hosting a game, though, that's a positive thing. I would love for BYU to have a home game. I think that's very optimistic, right? But maybe because that's due to the recency bias. But the Cougars did, other than the St. Mary's games over the last month, 
play pretty good basketball. Well, we're going to have uh, from NYC Buckets John Templin on. We will ask him about the possibility of BYU remaining a number 3 seed coming up in just a few minutes. Not just that, but a potential Ooh. rivalry showdown mm. in round 2. Possibility. Okay. Kyle Collinsworth had 6 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists as he uh, played with the Texas Legends. They won yesterday. Congratulations to the Texas Legends and Kyle Collinsworth. Big rush of 5 because that's his Twitter handle. Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Refocus your BYU fandom. 1-50. And the entire second half was blowout city as the Gales rock and roll in Las Vegas. It was like biology, Dave. <laughs> it was a dissection of the BYU Cougars. Impressive. Well, the Gales, well, they got what was coming to them from Gonzaga <laughs> last night. Still, undoubtedly, Monday night was a low point for BYU athletics and BYU basketball in this calendar year. One of those situations where, if we're being honest, 15 minutes into the game, you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, this thing is probably over. And it doesn't happen often. You remember those games because they are rare and unique to BYU. St. Mary's did it twice this year to the Cougs. How about the 2015 football game at Michigan? That was a similar feeling for me. Or the 54-10 loss to Utah back in 2010. Just where you are understandably defeated. And in in shock. In the first half and just kind of like, whoa. What just happened here? Yeah, you get punched in the mouth early and you never regain your traction. And like you said, luckily, it's not something that happens very often. But when it does... It's a shock to the system. Yes, the type of game that makes you think, okay, um, where else can I focus my BYU fandom to lessen the sting? Because of Monday's 31-point loss to St. Mary's, the most lopsided loss in the 12-year Dave Rose era, some of you are funneling your BYUSN energy to another sport or team, and some of you, maybe not, with basketball to the bitter end, which brings us to our Twitter question. Where are you focusing the energy of your BYU fandom now? Our first tweet coming in from Man Called Big Cam. Football, all in caps, infinity exclamation points. Oh, hashtag national champs. Is that in reference to 1984? I hope so. I'm going to say that. <laughs> We're just going to help you out right now. the sanity of all that are listening <laughs> across the various platforms of BYU Sports Nation. Honestly, we've got some options. Quite a few, actually. Right. Yeah, football. Spring football happening right now. The perfecting of the craft, as Kalani Sataki just referenced in that opening soundbite. But there is still basketball to be played for the men and women. The men, as projected by NYC Buckets, headed to the National Invitation Tournament. Champs in 51-66, and 66, by the way. The women probably going to the WNIT to be determined whether or not they will have a home game. And then there's Jason Shepard's Batcats. Yes! BYU baseball trying to get to an NCAA regional for the first time since 2002. That's right. Hey, and a big series opening up against a team that was in the College World Series last year in Santa Barbara. You see Santa Barbara. Last I checked, BYU volleyball currently ranked third in all the land, and they're still pretty good. BYU softball is ranked again, second time this season, at number 25. Lacrosse just picked up a top five win. Rugby. Generally a national championship contender. Maybe 
you're going to go off the radar, and it's Shaq Walker and Shea Collinsworth, two fan favorites in track and field, two Olympic hopefuls. After all of that, it's not so bad, right? Maybe pretty darn good. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. There are currently three top 25 teams on BYU's campus. That's pretty dang good. Softball, lacrosse, men's volleyball. Volleyball. Two of those top five, by the way, lacrosse and men's volleyball. So still lots to get excited about. Yeah, the the thing is, though, because of the sting, though, Jason, has it redirected your fandom? I mean, where do you place your allegiance right now within BYU athletics? Right now, I'm going baseball. I'm going with my guys, the BYU Batcats. Because you're the Tim Kirkchen of BYU baseball. <laughs> I like to think the Peter Gammons. Uh, Tim Kirkchen has been <laughs> yeah. brought up this morning. I'm now not your vo- sure. Your, your voice is more comparable to Peter Gammons. <laughs> not sure is. how I feel Tim about that. Tim Kirkchen! <laughs> Look, the team's four and six right now, but they could very easily, very easily have three or four more wins at this point. I'm at practice every day. I see these guys. I see the attitude, positive attitude. I see how talented this team is. This team will take off, and when they do, it's going to be impressive. So yeah, right do you now— think, Do you think they can create even somewhat of the buzz that they had last year? Because it was crazy last well, year. Well, so a lot of that was based off of the start that they yes. just kept rolling. Yes. You know, it will, it will take a different formula to do that, but this team is just as talented, if not more, top to okay. bottom— so uh, a lot of my focus is on baseball. But obviously, spring football. It's BYU football, enough said. Of course I'm going to be paying more attention. And, and to a certain extent, spring football takes a back seat until the WCC tournament is over because they're going on simultaneously. And so you're hoping that the, the basketball team gets on, so you're, you're kind of paying more attention there. Yeah. But spring football obviously gets my attention, and I am going to pay attention to the NIT. It's not what you aspire to do at the beginning of the year, but once you're in it, go as far as you possibly can. Absolutely, I'll be paying attention okay, to Okay, so your rankings, baseball, spring football, football, NIT. And the NIT. Yes. Spring football, by the way, Jerem Jordan calls the third most, pop, most popular sport <laughs> on campus at BYU. For me, and some of you are going to think I'm crazy, number one for me is still BYU men's basketball and the NIT. I know, coming off just a dismal performance, but because of that, I cannot wait to see what this team does after getting throttled. And honestly, spring football's great because, yay, football. I just, I've never been huge into spring football because I can't watch it. I'll get excited about spring football when I can watch something during the spring game, okay? So on that day, ask me the question again. But right now, I want to watch BYU basketball respond because after they got beat up by St. Mary's last time, they came out gangbusters and played really well until the St. Mary's game again. What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Coming up, John Templin, Mr. NYC Buckets, where he has BYU's NIT projection after the West Coast Conference Tournament. And is Utah really in that future bracket? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Baseball hosts UC Santa Barbara for four games beginning Thursday night at Miller Park. It is the home 
opening series. Saturday's game can be seen and heard on BYU TV and BYU Radio, as well as the apps. We're looking forward to it. Our Twitter question today, where are you focusing the energy of your BYU fandom right now? Both the men's and women's basketball teams, disappointing losses in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament. Maybe you're still with them and hope that they will be playing in the NIT and the women's NIT. That is just part of our conversation today. At CougarFan tweets in, what game? It's men's volleyball season. I, I fully expect to get a ton of men's volleyball tweets. I can certainly understand getting behind that team right now. It's the third-ranked team in the country, and they're coming off an appearance in the national championship match. Great chance to get back, if you ask me. Joining us now to discuss one of those BYU teams that may still have your allegiance and fandom is John Templin of NYCBuckets.com. He specializes in NIT bracketology. John, nice to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. Absolutely. So I think we're all wondering, after BYU beat Gonzaga and stunned the nation, ending that perfect season, and then they go to the WCC tournament and they beat LMU, but laying egg against St. Mary's, where do they sit in your current NIT bracket? Yeah, so I have BYU as a three seed, and on my S curve, or kind of the order of all the teams, one through 32, I have them as the last three seeds. So they're kind of right on the edge there. So you would not say that as of today they are a solid number three? No, I don't think so. Um, I think they have too many bad losses to ever be considered a solid number three, and there's also a lot of major conference tournaments still to be played this week that I think could really shake up that part of the bracket. Now, if they're one of the top four seeds in any of those regions, that would mean that they have a home game at the Marriott Center. Do you see a scenario where how the conference tournaments play out that BYU would be in a situation where they would not have a home game in the NIT? My guess is that BYU is going to get a home game in the NIT. Uh, BYU tends to get home games in the NIT in general, um, which just, you know, speaking from past experience, I think they seem likely. And I also think that they have a resume now that they beat Gonzaga that justifies it. So uh, that's a win that almost nobody else has anything like it, and it really helps them, I think, when people look at them. John, there there were some that thought that the loss to St. Mary's was so bad that it may drop them in the seeding. Now, why did you keep them as a three seed? Yeah, well, so the in the way RPI works, the marginal loss doesn't matter. Uh, it matters in kind of maybe how the committee looks at them or something like that, but I thought given BYU's resume and the teams around them, it didn't make sense to drop them. But if you were to see, like, for instance, a team like Georgia Tech just lost to Pittsburgh yesterday, and that also kept them pretty far down the bracket. So if a team like Indiana or Ohio State was to make a run, or Alabama maybe was to make a run in their conference tournament, then maybe BYU would drop down, but I don't see them going much below a four seed. With the way that expectations are now for BYU basketball under Dave Rose, and understandably so because... More often than not, he is taking them to the NCAA tournament and has won some games in the recent past. The NIT feels like a bit of a consolation prize for the Cougars. That said, the way the bracket is lined up right now, if BYU were to win against Fresno State, and I know this is all hypothetical, they would probably have a rivalry matchup with Utah, which excites a lot of BYU fans. Why is it likely or maybe unlikely that that will actually come to fruition? 
Yeah, so Utah still has to play out its entire Pac-12 tournament run, so that'll be interesting to watch in terms of how they end up getting seeded. But I also think uh, if BYU is to drop, maybe... Although you could see it as a one versus a four game as well. So I, I think there are ways it could happen. And, and one of the reasons that it could happen is because the NIT tries to see geographically where they try to pair up groups of teams so that nobody has to travel too far on short notice. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, maybe a Western kind of pod has both BYU and Utah in it, especially because uh, they play in different conferences, so it's easy to kind of put them near each other. John, how has the perception of the NIT changed over the years, or has it? Well, I think uh, it's become a much more formal process, and it's become... There was a time when I was doing NIT bracketology that most people just sort of thought that the committee was kind of guessing, and it's become much more standardized, much more like the NCAA selection process, and I think it's easier to understand how it's going to play out. And also the automatic bids that come from the lower-tier conferences that uh, where their one seed doesn't win the conference tournament has also kind of added something and an automatic bid kind of element to it that makes it, one, easier to predict, and two, kind of gives you those Cinderella flavors in the NIT as well. Yeah, what kind of selection committee is there for the National Invitation Tournament? Yeah, uh, there's a selection committee that's similar to the uh, selection committee for the NCAA tournament, but it's um, instead of, um, you know, the administrators, it's kind of a separate set of people. And so um, you'll see kind of people you've heard of who do the selection and they come on and talk on the ESPNU show uh, on Sunday night. John Templin of NYC Buckets with us, NIT Bracketologist. During the first interview on BYU Sports Nation, you said you undervalued BYU. Has that changed at all now that you've been watching the Cougars a little bit closer and and maybe with that win against Gonzaga in Spokane? Well, I think that win against Gonzaga... In at Gonzaga was kind of the win that BYU was just missing, and was one of the reasons I thought they were were in danger of maybe missing the NIT. Uh, but once they got that victory, uh, those high quality wins make it easier to overlook maybe losing three bad games or you know playing a couple bad games. And I think when you look at BYU's resume and you're comparing it to teams around them, it's easier to keep them higher up now that they have that anchor kind of win in the top fifty. Follow him at NY Buckets. John Templin with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, great to talk to you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks again, guys. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I know there are some of you, nay, probably a lot of you out there <laughs> that are like, I can't believe we're talking about the NIT with the NIT bracketology guy again. They probably didn't realize that there was an NIT bracketology Why guy. are we talking to this it's reality, folks. It's reality right now for BYU look, basketball. Look, I said, I said this in the, in the opening segment. You don't aspire at the end of the year to be in the NIT. It's all about the NCAA tournament. But if things don't work out and you go to the NIT, why in the world would you not be excited to keep playing? Embrace still, it when it happens, when, right? If, if that's what reality is, embrace it. Cross and, the bridge. And play as well as you possibly can, and see how far you can go. It's not where you wanted to be at the beginning of the year, but that's where you are. So go out and win it. How about that? 
Go play the games that you are granted. BYU has an opportunity to play basketball in March. Yes. When a lot of teams don't. And I know, consolation prize. Yes, it feels like a moral victory to a lot of people. But it's reality. And that's why we are discussing it. Where are you focusing the energy of your BYU fandom now? At Chewmaker, or Chewmaker, says, looking forward to next year. In what In sport? what? Just like 2018 or what? Coming up, Brian Logan looking forward to football in the fall, but discussing spring football next. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, brought to you by the BYU Store. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. If you just missed it, John Templin, the guy for NIT Bracketology. And I know some of you are like, scoff! <laughs> it's real. I hope there's somebody BYU. actually out there that yelled scoff when we had him on. He has BYU as a three seed in his latest NIT Bracketology despite the loss by 31 to St. Mary's. Although he did qualify that with, I have them as the lowest yeah. three seed. So they are... The next team to getting bumped down to a four seed if someone climbs up that chart. And that probably will happen due to conference tournaments this week and things shifting. But he said that he doesn't see a scenario likely where BYU would not have a home game in the NIT. Well, and he also mentioned, to at least to him personally, that the win at Gonzaga, it, with, without it, he may not have had them in the NIT. Wow. Okay. If you want to hear how likely BYU and Utah are to meet up in the NIT, download the podcast on BYU TV and the BYU Radio app. That's right. They're free. How about that? Not only can you get live and on-demand content anywhere, anytime, they're free. Absolutely. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football in practice number five of spring ball today. A lot of you focusing your fandom on that, and we're one day closer. When you have a lot of guys that have game experience, you know, that, that that's the key for us. And they understand how, how it goes. And, and uh, I think for them, perfecting their craft and techniques is going to be important this year. Hashtag perfecting the craft. Head coach Kalani Satake dropping truth bombs to us here at BYUSN. Jamal Williams ranked 14th best running back, also the number 150 player overall. This according uh, to Matt Miller's post-combine rankings. According to Bleacher Report, Williams is a projected fourth-round pick, number 123 to the Baltimore Ravens. We told you earlier, just a few moments ago, NIT Bracketology has BYU as a number three seed. We did not tell you that they are playing Fresno State in the current format in what Jason Shepard has dubbed the Steve Cleveland Classic. I wonder if President Coach Cleveland realizes that we've nicknamed the uh, that possible game in his honor. The PCC Classic? The PCCC, I believe is <laughs> how that would be. Good stuff. There may have been an extra C in there, I don't know. Kyle Collinsworth had six points, eight rebounds, and four assists in a Texas legend victory last night. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a man, quite frankly, that has not been on this program in a very long time, and I am so sad that that is the case. Yet here we are welcoming him back to Studio B over the phone on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Brian Logan, b welcome back to the show, man. What's happening, fellas? 
excited hey, to be back, man. We're we're trying to figure out where we need to direct our BYU fandom after uh, a less than desirable result for the men and women at the West Coast Conference basketball tournament. So let's ask you the Twitter question: Where where does your BYU fandom lie right now, Bilo? Um, foosball, of course, man. It's not even a, it's not even a question, dude. Come on now. I have to ask it because it's a Twitter question. Yeah, I know, I know you have to, but like kind of by default, since I'm like some type of an employee there and you know that I just love football, football is life. You you shouldn't have asked that. That's, that's, (laughs) that's your one, that's just your only situation, you know, instance where you, you don't have to ask a Twitter question. But see, Brian, see, you know, our job, you're, you're always told in the media, never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. So, see, we were just following mm. the rules on that one. You know what? Out of the, what, five, six years I've been working at BYU TV and broadcast, I have never learned that lesson. So, thank <laughs> you for <laughs> Yes, we are all learning lessons every day. Follow him at Brian Logan 7 on the Twitter machine. He is here to talk BYU spring football with us as he's so gently put it uh what what are you working on i mean when you were an athlete at byu and did your thing with the football team what were you trying to accomplish as a player in spring football specifically um i mean first and foremost man it was just trying not to get hurt if you were a starter um you know you're excited because you go through the season and especially if you if you if you come off a loss in the bowl game you're just itching to get back out there um, and then you go through, you know, uh, winter conditioning and whatnot, and, and it's like you, you, it's your little kid all over again. You're in your, you're having fun, you're excited, but you still got that in the back of your mind that you know I still got what six months left uh, before I can I can really strap it up. So that that kind of is in the, in the back of your mind is you know how do I not get hurt but still polish? And that's the the most important thing you know for for proven guys for vets. Um, you know, what can I get better on, you know, focusing something on, you know, maybe I think what, what we did as DBs, we wrote down, I think, five goals uh, for for us individually. And we worked on those, um, you know, each and every day uh, for uh, for the end of spring ball. So, you know, but but if you are a guy that's not a starter, uh, maybe you're, you're kind of fresh coming in, you're a uh, freshman or a sophomore, man, you just you're just going all out. I mean, you or, uh, you know, trying to knock people out, probably trying to get in trouble, get kicked out of practice. I mean, you want to make some type of a splash, right? Because, uh, you know, you, you don't have too many opportunities with spring ball because coaches know as well, uh, you know, let's keep these guys healthy. So, uh, yeah, man, to all, all the young guys out there, you know, try to find a way to, to get on the radar. As you mentioned, it's kind of a marathon, not a sprint. There's a lot of things that, that – you do as an as a player from the time that the previous season ends to the time you begin fall camp. So what do you think is more beneficial for the players? Is it the spring football where the coaches are involved or is it those off-season workouts that are led by the players? So on on paper and from outsiders looking in and I'm probably going to be judged, but don't judge, just pray as I last. Um, <laughs> probably it's going to be the coaches, right? Um, just because, you know, they, they obviously understand the scheme. Um, I mean, there's some authority that's there. But at the very end of the day, man, the coaches aren't on the field with you, right? Um, you know, unless you had somebody like Coach Hill that was yelling out, he's running it out, he's running it out, you know, as, as the play is being snapped. And you're so distracted by him talking to you that you don't, you don't jump the route anyway. So it's irrelevant. 
But um, I would have to say, man, it's, it's got to be the coaches. It's got to be the, the players. And the, the reason why, you know, first and foremost, you, you don't have to be there, right? Um, you know, NCAA rules, they, they give us some time to, to go off and do whatever we need. So we have these player ran practices um, that, that we don't need to necessarily be there. And so first and foremost, as a player, you, you realize, you know, who's, who's really dedicated to this team and to this program. And, um, you know, that, that's huge because, you know, guys go back home and they go on vacation, they do whatever. Some guys get married, go on their honeymoon for the season. So the guys that stick around, it's like, man, okay, I see that, that, that you're down and you're all in. Um, and, and then when you don't have, you know, the, the coaches there and that authority, uh, you got to look up to your leaders. And, and so what happened with me, I mean, seeing Max out there, you know, Andrew Rich and, and Jan Jorgensen, Scott Johnson, I mean, uh, Dennis, I mean, I mean, their, their presence and, uh, their, their, their vocals, uh, you know, all of that, all of the above, man, it, it, I feel like I got way closer to them and to the team. And, uh, you just build that chemistry and, and you kind of have your own little, you know, I would say, uh, click outside of the coaches, right? And it, and it's cool to still be competitive. It's cool to still get that work in and, and make progress without the coaches being there. Cause it's like, yeah, this is, this is our team, man. So you just, you just get that bond and you, and you get that chemistry and it starts to build. So, you know, from a player's perspective, I got to say it's, uh, it's, it's definitely got to be the player ramp practices. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation talking about spring football specifically for the Cougars. As Jason pointed out so kindly at the beginning of the show, 171 days away, but not that far away from the spring game, just uh, a few weeks. What do you hope to see from BYU football in their version of a spring football game coming up in just a little bit? Man, again, I got to say, you know, injury free, right? Um, and I think that's that's probably just default. So I probably that's probably a bad answer. So let's just say um, I, I would I would want to see guys that are flying around, um, you know, passion. I want to see leadership. Um, you know, you got you got some of the seniors that have left that have made a mark. They've been at BYU, you know, for a while, like like Jamal. Um, and so you know, which guys are going to step up vocally? Um, you know, it's, it's one thing for guys to to, to put it on tape and, and be on the field and we can see by their play, okay, this guy's a leader. Like, you know, Kyle Van Noy is a great example. Um, you don't really see him too much getting rah-rah up in guys' faces or whatnot, but obviously when, when uh, there's a time for a big play, you know, he was right there. Um, and so we, we know that a lot of guys are like that on this team, but I want to see the guys that are going to get in people's faces when they drop a ball or if there's a holding penalty or whatever the case is. So, you know, who's going to be the leader's and then, you know, let's, let's see if we can keep this passion going, um, you know, into, into spring ball and into, into next year or this year coming up. Um, there's been so much buzz and excitement with Kalani and the new staff. And so, you know, let's not let, let this die down. Let's keep the momentum going. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation. You talk a lot about leaders. Who are the leaders on offense and defense specifically, who are those guys that you expect to step up and get in people's faces and motivate and lift and encourage and do that? So, yeah, obviously, I mean, I think by default it's got to be on the offensive side, um, Tanner, right? He's the, he's the quarterback. And quite frankly, I mean, he's the leader of, of the team. I don't care what any, any quarterback says that they want or don't want. It, it comes with that, that position and that title. You are um, – uh, you, you are the leader. And so, you know, he, 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 you saw a little bit of that when, when Tanner, Tanner uh, or Taysom went down and, um, 
you know, I, you can kind of see the, the, the leadership skills and the, the ability and even talking to guys like Devon uh, Blackman, who speaks very highly of him, um, you know, loves his leadership on and off uh, the field. Uh, so I, I would have to say that. And, and on the defensive side, um, you know, you kind of you look at your, your free safeties or your strong safeties, or you got to look at your, your, your middle linebacker. And, you know, you got Butch Pau, somebody that just lays the wood every single time. Um, uh, but then, you know, smile on your face. I mean, that's a perfect example of a leader where, you know, you mess up on defense, drop a, drop a pick, or you're in the wrong position. You know, somebody that can yell at you, get nasty, but then, you know, smile when you, when you do good, right? So I would have to pick those two guys as, uh, you know, leaders and, and for the team to rally on. Uh, and look up to when they are in, in, in a time of need. Even though spring football has not been going on for a very long time, we've seen quite a few players switching positions, whether it's on the same side of the ball or possibly from one side of the football to the other. How would you have handled being asked to play a different position? Ooh-wee. Um, man, yeah, that really depends, man. So that, that happened to me when I first got to junior college. I, I came in as a running back, but I was like, 150 pounds or something like that. And so they moved me to the corner, which really didn't make any sense because <laughs> I was five six. But, um, you know, at that time I was, I was new to the program and I just wanted to, uh, you know, give my all and show the coaches that I was bought in. So it, it didn't really affect me that much, but, um, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm solidified in my spot, um, and maybe have, have been, have, have been a two year starter, three year starter, whatever the case is, um, it, I think it'll be a little bit harder for me, um, especially if I'm on uh, radar for, for these NFL scouts um, and they're looking at me at this position. You know, it's really weighing the pros and the cons, man. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's hard because, you know, football is all about sacrifice, all about team, true, true team effort. And uh, you look at the, the philosophy and the mentality of, of somebody like, like, like Bronco, um, it's like, you know, I, I remember coming into spring ball, uh, going into my senior year, and I was I was trying to get surgery. Yeah, I had double hernias, and I was trying to get surgery. I didn't want to do spring ball, and he just had that silent look on his face and goes, "Is this gonna? Do you think this is gonna help the team, or is it gonna hurt the team?" Or he said, "Do you think this is gonna help you or hurt you by missing spring ball?" And I was like. I think it would help you because <laughs> and then he goes and he this long pause, oh my gosh, I just wanted to say something, but you know, a lot of the older guys like Max told me just let but don't don't be the first one to break the silence. So I'm still I'm still there holding my ground and then the next question goes, uh, do you think this is gonna help the team or hurt the team with you being gone? And I just got up and I shook his hand and I said, Thank you, I'll get I'll get I know what to do. I'll get surgery afterwards. <laughs> so I mean you you you, you, you really have to, um, I, I think, as a player, be in that position and be in that situation at that time because there's so many different variables, you know, like what I just said, but also just the, the culture of the team, right? I mean, there's, there's times where you hear these, these, these schools or these teams that, you know, they, they're not a family or there's, it's not really a team-first mentality. And in that case, it's, like, easy to be like, get you, coach. I'm not going to see you. You know, after this year, I'm not seeing you for the rest of my life. Now I'm staying. I'm sticking where I'm at. So um, it's it's tough, but it, at the very end of the day, to to get the buy-in from from the players first, uh, and kind of the coaches second. Um, you know, you got to kind of just suck it up and and make that move. Brian, you haven't been on BYU Sports Nation in a while. Do you think that is helping the show <laughs> or hurting the show? 
Um, so I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a marketer, you know, at heart. So it's my heart. You guys know that. Um, and because of that, I look at data and, um, the data that I see and, you know, to kind of help me with this, with this answer, um, is, is really just look at the fans and, and their tweets. And when I get random tweets that say, where's Brian at? I miss Brian. I, where, where can Brian come back on? You know, I think that pretty much says it hurts that I'm not on there. So, and, and you know what we, you know, as, us as media, man, we look be with all social media, all this engagement, we let the fans speak, you know? So it's, it's not coming from me, man. It's coming from the fans. Yet, yet, you have chosen to not be with us very often, Brian. So I think maybe you need to listen to the fans. Do you not? I do. I do need to. It, you know, I, I'm just, I, you know, yeah. I, I got to gotta figure some things out, man, and, and get back to you guys. Uh, just been crazy, crazy busy. You know, like I said, I think uh, on uh, a, a couple, I think, I think a year ago, kind of same thing happened when, uh, you know, got a, got a few new jobs and things like that. Working like a Jamaican man, got five, <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, trying to find time for you guys. But I, hey, I do listen. I love the fact that, uh, and this is the first time really been, being you know so busy and things so hectic. And even you know with my wife starting uh, a new job as well, uh, trying to adapt. But uh, you know, I, I never had to to go back and kind of DVR or get on the app and, and listen. And, and so, uh, being able to, to do that, man, I've been able to, to stay, you know, uh, up to date with everything. So I appreciate you guys, man. I, 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 I didn't know how vital that, that app was, <laughs> that tool was until, you know, I, I haven't, uh, you know, been a part of, of, of the program, uh, you know, for the last couple of months. So I appreciate you guys. Hey, Brian, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, we'll let you get back to figuring things out and, uh, we'll try and hold up our end of the bargain over here. Thanks, man. Just, just, I just ask for some prayers. Just move me to, to the top three. I don't even want to be in the top two. Just be in top three of your prayer list tonight, you know, okay. and I'll, I'll be good to go. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Brian Logan on the Deseret First Credit Union Outline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I was waiting. I was waiting for that one moment where I was like, I can't believe he just said that. And we had gone the whole interview, and I'm like, hey, all right, we haven't had one of those moments. And then, bang, right there at the end. Brian Oh, Logan. wow. It was a pretty good, uh, pretty good promo, though, for the app. Absolutely it was. <laughs> Love that guy. Where are you focusing the energy of your BYU fandom right now at BYU Golf 801? Brings up a great point about some other ranked teams. Ah. We'll get to looking closer to this coming up. Also, you should join the conversation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Included in today's fun John Templin of NYC Buckets. He is the bracketologist for the NIT. Has BYU as a three seed. But could they really play Utah? Could that really happen? And also, Brian Logan, living up to the hype as usual. (laughs) Just watch the full interview with him. Trust me. Watch the full interview. Hey, we were talking about where you're focusing your BYU fandom now. How about gymnastics? They return to the Smith Fieldhouse Friday night hosting Arizona at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on BYU TV. 
Our Twitter question today, where are you focusing the energy of your BYU fandom right now? Maybe it's the NIT. You're with BYU basketball, men and women, as they go into the postseason, or hope to. It's not official yet. BYU baseball. Jason Shepard plugged the Batcats. My jam. The Batcats are my jam. Yeah, that's where I'm focusing a lot of my attention right now. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. They've got uh, Santa Barbara coming in, four-game series starting tomorrow night, doubleheader on Friday. Guess what? I'm throwing out the first pitch. Are you really? Friday. Yeah. I'm not sure which game, but I'm throwing out the first pitch on Friday. Don't think about it too much. No, just, no, no, no. no. Just I've, wind up and throw the Yes, baseball. I'm not thinking about it. Just I'm, wind up and throw yes, to the mitt. Yes. It's all good. So, yeah, I'm focusing my, – my focus right now is going to be baseball for sure. But – Obviously, spring football, I'm going to be paying attention to that. And in the NIT, I will follow. It's still BYU basketball, for crying out loud. You better believe I'm going to still follow yes. and, and yes. want BYU basketball to continue to play as long as they possibly can. Some more advice for when you throw out the first pitch. Yes. From one of my least favorite baseball movies, but still a baseball movie, no less. It's actually okay. For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. Okay. Have you seen it? I, I have not. You have not seen it? No, no, no. And you're bringing up baseball movies with Kevin Costner, <laughs> and you're not bringing up Field of Dreams. I know! Come on. I know. Come on. But he's chasing the perfect game, okay? He says this phrase to himself before he faces a batter, mm-hmm. and it's, clear the mechanism. Like, epic, this epic phrase. What does that phrase. even mean? <laughs> Where he zones <laughs> in on the catcher's mitt. Like, we need to YouTube that right now. What does that even mean? Clear the mechanism. I'm going to lay early odds. <laughs> Of clearing the mechanism, Jason one hops it. <laughs> no, no. And see, here's the deal. Because they set you up, I believe, in front of the mound. That's but that's maybe you overcompensate. But because see, that's you're what I'm like. Do you away. but do you to be like a to be a man, do you have to go on the mound to throw it? No, you, you have the have option. To, you just have to hit the mitt. Hit the mitt, Jason. One of three things happens here with Jason. <laughs> a one hop. To the fence, or he throws out his shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to go with option three, where I'm going a wild thing from uh, from Major League, pit- and I throw the ball like above the catcher's head, yeah. and it breaks the signage on the backstop. Yeah, that, that might happen, <laughs> especially because you're pitching hurt. This is the guy that ran oh. the shopping cart into a hole in the concrete. How much do you use your shin? And did a flip over <laughs> the shopping cart. Well, maybe that's cart. the other option. Maybe he throws it so hard, he flips over off the mound. <laughs> No, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not practicing. I'm just going up there and hoping I don't embarrass yeah. myself to yeah, no yes, end. Yes, but we've got two days to get in your head you to where serious, you're going to have just an You need epic. some serious PA Sports Nation karma, Jason. <laughs> yes, now it's too. Oh, you've been set on oh, a very, very man. dangerous path, my friend. No. Answering the Twitter question today. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Where are you focusing the energy of your BYU fandom now? Other than on Jason Shepard when he throws out the first pitch <laughs> on Friday. At BYU Golf 801 brings up an interesting point. Clearly, he's focused on golf. Or she. Not sure who it is. BYU women's golf ranked 31st. Where do the rankings become official in women's golf? Like, is it a top 35 or is it a top 30 or top 25? For the purposes of making sure that we get uh, BYU women's golf mentioned, I'm saying it's a top 31. Okay. BYU Women's Golf ranked 31st. BYU Men's Golf 45th. The men have won three tournaments this season and have competed well. So both top 50 teams. Yeah, and on the men's side, you want to be top 45. So good for them to be in there. They just they got in. <laughs> but a shout-out, no less. Absolutely. To the men's and women's golf teams. Uh, at, yeah. You, I was going to say, at 
one bald Cairo doc yes. licking my wounds in the corner watching BYU Sports Nation, praying that Spencer Linton, and it says Jerem Journal, say Jason Shepard, can take me away <laughs> to BYU football. <laughs> We've made you feel a little bit better, haven't we, at one bald Cairo doc? Things are a little bit better, right? Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around, and also Moral Victories. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. You are not expecting that. Please never do that again. Okay. BYU football begins its fifth practice of spring ball today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are one day closer. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams ranked the 14th best running back, number 150 overall in Matt Miller's post-combine rankings. Bleacher Report has Williams projected in the fourth round going to the Ravens. Fellow Bleacher Report NFL draft writer Connor Rogers has Jamal as the fifth best running back. Differential there. I like Connor. Behind Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook. Men's basketball. NIT Bracketology was released yesterday and has BYU as a number three seed playing Fresno State in what we're affectionately calling the Steve Cleveland Classic. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collins with that six points, eight rebounds, and four assists in his return to the Texas Legends of the NBA D-League. A win yesterday. Golf. Number 31 BYU women's golf finished in second place at the Meadow Club's Women Intercollegiate at Meadow Club yesterday. Dalton tied for second individually in the event for her second top five finish of the 2016-2017 season. Yeah, how about Kendra Dalton? in the minors. Jacob Brugman had two hits, two runs, and an RBI for the Oakland A's in spring training yesterday. They play Italy today at 3.05 p.m. Eastern. Maybe Jerem Jordan will be there. Swimming and diving. Men's and women's swimming and diving finishes up at Zone E Diving Championships today in Flagstaff, Arizona. Coach Tice Rousen has been head diving coach at BYU for two years and has taken all members of the men's diving team to the NCAA Championships both years. Softball. BYU's McKenna Bull named the Madness WCC Player of the Week. This on the heels of her 3-0 record last week at the San Diego Classic. Future guest Steve Cleveland. And the head baseball coach, Mike Littlewood. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Gonzaga basketball for crushing St. Mary's. Also, we had this question. <laughs> they only that, scored 56 we points. We had this question. If Gonzaga wins the national championship, is that an ultimate moral victory for BYU basketball? Because they beat Gonzaga in Spokane. You know what? It's positive for BYU, so yes, I'm going to say it is yes. It's Elite an actual tweet moral of victory. the day at Tweedlednut said, focus is on all things BYU all the time. That's why different sports are scheduled at different times. Thank you to our guests today, Brian Logan, John Templin, and everybody on the crew. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to BYU men's and women's golf. <laughs>